Once upon a time in adequately advanced magic. Valerie, don't be difficult. You're always difficult. Like, oh my gosh, I'm difficult? You're difficult. No, you're difficult. I'm trying to save you. And la- la- ladies, 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 now is not the time. There's an invisible wind creature trying to kill us. The invisible being has had enough of this. It picks up Valerie and then it flies a hundred feet off over the bridge. And the invisible being lets go. The three of you see movement coming from farther down both sides of the bridge. It's a bunch of police officers. The cloud says, you're not, you're not taking me. He tries to miss you step away. He refuses to go back. They toss Hirku on the ground and put you in handcuffs. A police officer unnecessarily tackles you, Sirius. And they shove you into a police van and take you to a police station. Hope you remember your cover identities. Sirius can't believe that Valerie is gone as tears stream down her face. All she's thinking about is revenge. Welcome to Falcon's Reach, a city in which magic is technology. You're listening to Adequately Advanced Magic. Niklaus, having successfully evaded the police, you and the voices in your head find yourselves standing amidst the crowd of onlookers. You're still handcuffed, but you have your jacket pulled down, (laughs) and you continue to maintain this so-called regal bearing. Regal bearing. TM. Yeah. (laughs) Just by the way that you're walking. Go ahead and roll a perception check. See how good Niklaus's eyes are today. Ooh, not great. So he rolled a three, but before we do anything else, I will spend a a sorcery point to re-roll using magical guidance as a sorcerer. Slightly better, so that's just going to be an eight. (laughs) (laughs) You catch a few brief glimpses of Sirius and Hirkir being shoved by police into what appears to be a police van. And then it levitates off the ground and drives off. Are any of the police still paying attention to me specifically, or not really? Not really. So Nicholas will try to get to a more secluded area so that he can work on trying to get these cuffs off of him before trying to leave. So maybe like a nearby alleyway or something like that. Yeah, how about you do a survival check? We never do that. (laughs) All right. Ooh, nat 20. Yeah, you find the most secluded alleyway in the entire city. Nice. It's dead quiet here. He's looking over his shoulder, looking down the alleyway, looking up, listening. Is he alone? You enter the alleyway, which has a couple of trash bins strewn about. Above you, you see there's magitite wires dangling every which way. But there's no people here. Okay. He takes a close look at the, the cuffs. Is there like a standard little handcuff key that he has seen the officers used before 
that would unlock them. Yeah, we can go with that. Okay. <laughs> sure, why not? He will try to use Prestidigitation to create a non-magical trinket that can fit in my hand and last for six seconds. And so he'll try to create, to the best of his ability, what he remembered that little key looking like and hoping that they're all universal. <laughs> go ahead and roll in Arcana check for this one just to see how good you get it. The FRPD actually hires an artisanal key maker for these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary handcuff maker. Oh, jeez. It's one dwarven family. A long line of handcuff makers. So he rolled a 13 plus 6, so that'll be 19. Yeah. You get it pretty good, but not perfect. And go ahead and do a sleight of hand check to... Try to wiggle it that last 5% needs. Uh, that'll be a 4, so he's going to use another sorcery point. <laughs> You're running out of these. <laughs> it's all worth it, though. Double digits again. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a 15 plus 2, so 17. Yeah, the handcuffs click open. He uh, pockets them in case he needs it for later. And then he'll try to attempt to make his way back to the apartment complex. Last time he spoke to his friends, he told them that that's where they would try to meet up. Uh, he could send another message, but only tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he's all tuckered out on the spells. He needs really a nap. Good. Yeah, <laughs> nice long <laughs> nap. So yeah, he's going to go back to the apartment complex. He's going to regroup with Audrey, Constance, Skabzu, Annette, Vince, the whole gang. <laughs> the whole gang. He's going to, uh, yeah, thank you my notes. Uh, he's going okay. to, uh, <laughs> he's going to talk with them, let them know what happened and, and see if they have any suggestions. Uh, and hopefully his friends will just arrive by then. Niklaus, you head down to the entrance of the alleyway and begin the long trek home. And then we cut to inside the police van. Here, here and Sears, the two of you have your hands handcuffed behind your back. And sitting inside the van are two police officers. Is there like a light on or is it, is there, do they call it like uh, windows or? Like, <laughs> you got black bags over your head. <laughs> it's not what Joey said. Kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not collaborative I mean, storytelling that. The back of the van is relatively austere. You're sitting on some hard metal benches, essentially. There's not much... It's not very comfortable, that's for sure. What? I'm going to complain to the city council. <laughs> there's some... There's some thin window slits to allow light to enter the back. What are you guys doing? Testing the handcuffs. Sirius is muttering to herself, saying things like, I could have saved her. I should have saved her. Here, here, go ahead and do a sleight of hand check. Nine. I'm very stealthy and sneaky and clearly good at this. <laughs> you wiggle around a little bit, but the handcuffs sort of, I mean... Work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the police officer sitting across from you doesn't notice, though. Okay, so is it like... Okay, so the van is like four seat... Oh, okay, so it's a van where they're like... There's benches and they're sitting across from us. Is that the yes. situation? Okay. Yeah. It's a lot for two people. Mm, how about you do a quick history check? Okay. Just throwing all these all these things at <laughs> Knowledge police check. Knowledge police. Yeah. Okay. It's a sixteen plus zero. The heavy police presence and the increased security appears to be because a police officer was involved and purportedly supposedly dead. As corrupt as the police are, they really don't like it when you, you know, actually mess with them. Uh, okay, so they think we killed Valerie. Yep. 
I guess, Joey, would I know if there's going to be some sort of interrogation or anything where we'll be able to plead our case? Yeah, that's pretty standard. Okay. Trying to decide how much faith Sears has in the system. <laughs> Herkier has none. No faith in the system. Herkier's going to study the, the two cops opposite. Are you looking for anything specific or just sort of eyeing them over? Yeah, just sort of what is their posture, you know, anything that can be gleaned from, which probably isn't that much, because Herkier actually doesn't have that much experience with. Getting their measure cups. Yes. I pull a tape measure out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and do a perception check. 25. You eye the police officers across from you. The first one is a tall, lanky elf, male, apparently, but it's sort of hard to make out because he has the face mask on. That, that would make it hard to make out. Yeah. He's pretty heavily armored, pretty similar to what you've seen Sirius usually wear. On his utility belt, he has his magic pistol and handcuffs and other various items. So fairly standard equipped cop from yep. what I can tell, what I know. Okay. He is glaring at the two of you guys, though, and is pretty alert. Okay. Similarly next to him is a halfling police officer. And judging from her bun, you can deduce that she's a woman, and she's also similarly armored and equipped. So definitely a womanly bun, not a man bun. Yes, you can tell. <laughs> Just like how you can tell hey, the size of people's my, dress sizes. <laughs> with my perception test, I'm yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty perceptive. A couple of minutes pass, and the truck pulls to a stop. The police officers across from you head towards the back, open up the door, and head out. And then they gesture for you to follow them. I take a look at Cirrus and see if she's cognizant of what has just happened, or if she's still deep in her grief as it were she's still deep in her grief <laughs> all right I'll, I'll give her a nudge my deep my grief is so deep it's so deep i make a nudge check <laughs> yeah you nudge her okay it's canon her cure auto succeeds all nudge checks <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's actually one of his class features true it's really vicious nudgers <laughs> vicious nudgers <laughs> <laughs> Vicious nuggery. <laughs> yeah, I was actually about to say that. <laughs> the physical sensation of the vicious nuggery <laughs> jostles Sirius <laughs> a little bit. And uh, yeah, Sirius you know, realizes what's going on and walks out of the van according to the officer's directive. Yeah. I go with keeping an eye on Sirius. Since I'm a little concerned for her well-being at the moment. Shockingly. Very <laughs> abnormal. Are, fr yeah. are friends happening? Is friendship happening? Yeah. What are these feelings? <sighs> the police officers grab a hold of you guys and lead you inside a police station. Not exactly sure which one. There's no precinct number 14 or something yeah. that we can see. Yeah. <laughs> You've been taken to a police black site. Oh my. God. Classic police. Classic. Classic police. <laughs> <laughs> they lead you down a long hallway and straight into separate interrogation rooms they split you guys up inside each of the interrogation rooms there's a small table with a metal bar and then they attach your handcuffs to it the room itself is a little bit peculiar it's dome shaped the table at which you're locked at is slightly offset from the center which has a thin metal pole and some sort of magitite connection. 
in each of your separate rooms. Hickory and Sirius, you guys wait. So we're sitting handcuffed to the table, as it were. Yep. Is there a uh, a plaque that says "Interrogator of the Month" on it? Yeah, you passed it on the on the oh, way in. Okay. Actually, yeah. it's, it's not in. The it's like a whole wall of Interrogator of the Months. Uh huh. But we're going to cut back to Nick Klaus real fast. The intrigue. Fine. Fine. Nick Klaus, you walk for about fifteen minutes and you get tired. <laughs> Nick Klaus checks the map he has of the area and he's like, "How far are we from your apartment complex?" Do a survival check. Ask the voices in your head. I've learned not to always trust what they say. Oh, it was on 20, and then it rolled over to 2. So, (laughs) comes to a 5. You take a look at the map, and the voices in your head intensify, making it hard to concentrate. Nicholas, are you sure you're going the right way? What are you wearing right now? Bro, that mimosa was good. Are you sure you don't have an alcohol problem, Nicholas? 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 Nicholas. Niklaus. Niklaus. Oh, Niklaus. At this point, Niklaus will try to find a taxi. Yeah, in the distance, you see a taxi start pulling up. Okay. Yeah, he flags the taxi down and gets it to take him to, uh, I think it's Willow Blend. Willow Bend? <laughs> Willow Blend. <laughs> we have a nice Willow Blend will on it, tap today. <laughs> will it Blend Plaza? <laughs> yeah, you hop into the taxi and it speeds off. Taking you towards the plaza. Is it our favorite taxi driver, by chance? Who do you want it to be? It would have to be... Gobsy! <laughs> I would also take uh, the other DJ Hammer War guy. Yeah. DJ Hammer War Taxi. Yeah. You hop into the taxi and you realize the driver, it's, it's Gobsy again. As you hop in, he looks at you and he's like, Oh, hey, did you fuck him up? So bad, if the cops came and it was crazy. It was, it was the whole thing. Oh, I wish I was there to fuck him up. <laughs> yeah, it was it was scary because it was an invisible creature that was really tall and strong. But you know, we really gave him what for? Okay, that sounds scary. I don't want to fuck him up. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, but can I go ahead and get a ride to uh, Willowbun Plaza? Yep, sounds good. All right, thanks. He zooms off. Roy, if you are if you need to replace us with like new party members, I think this would be a prime candidate. <laughs> <laughs> The, the podcast is now called The Adventures of Niklaus and Gobzi. He has a car. I'm down for it. He really likes to fuck people up. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to Hikir and Sirius, who are in separate interrogation rooms. It's a split screen. We can see both of them. Yeah, it, it, I, I was actually literally about to say that. It is actually like a split screen. <laughs> nice. Try to imagine it. In your room, Sirius, a female half-elf detective enters the room. Meanwhile, simultaneously, in Hirker's room, a male dragonborn detective comes inside. And they basically say the same thing, but we'll do it from the perspective of Hirker. The dragonborn enters the room and takes his time sitting opposite from you. He pulls out a cigarette and then unleashes his flame breath on it. Hirker startles just, just a bit. His aim is not good. <laughs> <laughs> all right so how much damage do i take <laughs> you feel the searing heat from his breath attack but it doesn't hit you but it does burn about half of his cigarette <laughs> he spends so much on cigarettes <laughs> he starts smoking it and he puffs some smoke into your face Hercure coughs <coughs> but says nothing he eyes you over for a couple seconds and then he says 
Name's Detective Sullivan. I will be conducting this interview today. Any statement you make may be used as evidence against you. Any statement you make may also be sold as entertainment later. Hercule looks really confused by that. He's like, start, starts looking around. He also pulls out a piece of Magitech. And he says, are you aware of what this is? Do I have any idea what it is? Mm, do an arcana check. Oh, I'm real good at that. <laughs> totally my bailiwick. Nine. You look confused. And Detective Sullivan picks up on this and he says, This is a zone of truth, Magitek. Goddamn zones of truth. <laughs> I love this guy's voice. <laughs> uh, and Meta, zone of truth is you create a magical zone that guards against deception in a 15-foot radius sphere centered on a point of your choice within range. Until the spell ends, a, a creature that enters the spell area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there must make a charisma saving throw. On a failed save, a creature can't speak a deliberate lie while in the radius. You know whether each creature succeeds or fails on its saving throw. An affected creature is aware of the spell and can thus avoid answering questions to which it would normally respond with a lie. Such a creature can be evasive in its answers as long as it remains within the boundaries of the truth. TM. <laughs> TM. TM, TM, TM. I didn't stab the guy. <laughs> he ran into <laughs> he my knife. Shot, right? just, the knife just fell into him. He ran over into my knife over. five times. See, I threw the knife, and the knife just happened to hit him. It slipped no out of my hand. Involved. <laughs> I swear, officer. Very precisely. You're going to feel a magical tingle. <laughs> I recommend you allow it to happen. That seems inappropriate. Do you consent? Does it matter? No. <laughs> well, actually, yes. Hercule looks confused. Any magic tech we spend during this interrogation will be charged to your account. Hercule looks at him like he's insane. Do you consent? No. I have no good response to this. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't in my training manual. <laughs> it always says that they say, <laughs> He runs out like... There's like a, there's like a flow chart, and it says, if they say yes, turn to the next page. If they say no, turn to page 27. Turn to 27. Not there. <laughs> it's 404. It just page, page 27 will be added in the future. <laughs> yeah. under, page under construction. I have to talk to my manager. <laughs> I don't get paid enough Ooh. for this. <laughs> uh, he says, Okay, well, each time I have to use one of these, it costs 200 gold. So don't use them. Charge to you. Yes, you said that. I know what's happening here, but I want to let it play out. Because <laughs> I think it's a great in-character misunderstanding as well. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Sullivan pulls out one of the Zone of Truth ones, and he slaps it into the mechanism that's in the center of the room, and it activates. Go in and do a charisma saving throw. Here, here. $200 reduce. Four. You fail. And he's like, that wasn't so bad, was it? As you feel the magical tingle come over you. Hercule says nothing. Okay, the faster you answer my questions, the faster you can get out of here. I don't understand. You've arrested me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, out of here and into the jail cell. <laughs> oh, this is great. <laughs> no, you. No, you. Hercure does not have a, a great, uh, like, uh, prior understanding of how the police <laughs> work, which is great. <laughs> He's mostly been on the run from them. Basically, his understanding is if they catch you, you bad things. 
bad. Uh, Detective Sullivan is taken aback for a second, and he's like, well, yes, but there's due process. What's a due process? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know this was going to be on the exam. <laughs> My manual doesn't say no one... <laughs> what due process is. <laughs> no one told him it was test day. <laughs> you look, like, not the, the, the handbook is flipping through it. You look at the interrogators <laughs> of the month wall, and he's decidedly not on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Detective uh, Sullivan is just like, uh And then we cut over to Sirius real fast. Uh, the female half elf detective has introduced herself as Detective Dawson. I need to write that down. She owns the creek over on the west side. Uh, <laughs> it's a reference for the old people in, in the listening crowd. She goes through the same process with you, and she's also like, So do you consent? Sirius says, uh, Yes, I consent. Great. She pops in the zone of truth, Magitek. Do you choose to fail the saving throw? Is no. Really, it's really the, the real question. No, I, wanna, I like rolling dice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead and do a charisma saving throw. Charisma. That is a 21. Oh, wow. 14 plus 7. Detective Dawson looks at you and she's like, um, I, I don't think you understood the question. The When you feel the magical tingle, you're supposed to let it happen. This piece of Magitech will be charged to your account. That will be 200 gold. Let me try that again. Okay, I consent. <laughs> Are we going to keep doing this until, uh, <laughs> until I fail the saving throw? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> what little money we had is all gone. <laughs> Niklaus gets a sudden urge to withdraw all the money from the shared bank account. <laughs> Detective Dawson pulls out another piece of Zone of Truth and she pops it in. Do you choose to fail the saving throw? No. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, another, another charisma saving throw. If it happens a third time, then I will. That's better. That's a 24. <laughs> Detective Dawson sees it fizzled out again and She calls out to get more Zona Truth Magitech yeah. delivered. <laughs> She's like, uh yeah, just give me one second, I'll be right back. Uh that's gonna be about four hundred gold total on your account. Oh yeah, just give me a second. She doesn't really care if you try to like she knows she's gonna get it eventually. <laughs> so she heads out of the room and goes get some more zone of truth. I still owe that taxi driver a bunch of money, too. <laughs> we cut back to Hirkir. <laughs> Actually, we need to cut back to Roy for a little bit. <laughs> no, I've enjoyed this so much. <laughs> so many shenanigans. Joey thought this was going to be a quick and easy uh, yeah. episode. <laughs> How many times can they pass these saving throws? Find out next time. <laughs> It, it cuts back. And there's like a small pile of discarded magic <laughs> like on, the, yeah. on this table, and now like, the cop is a little upset. It's like, how is she still passing it? <laughs> Meanwhile, Niklaus, you arrive outside the business plaza. Thanks, Gobsy. Here's a nice tip for you. Great, thanks. You take a look at the meter, and it's sixty gold. <laughs> he gives. He gives seventy gold. <laughs> oh. Reluctant. Great, thanks. Let me know if you need someone to help you fuck people up. We'll do. We'll do. He waves by. Yeah, he drives off. Nikhaus jingles with little coins he has left in his pockets. Oh, that hurt. Then he rushes inside to see if he can catch up with uh, Audrey or the rest of the gang. 
Yeah, you head upstairs to your floor, and you actually bump into Audrey in, in the hallway. Bump. Audrey, something terrible has happened. Oh, hey, Niklaus. Audrey, so glad I found you. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. Cirrus ran off. Hercure and I followed her. We found her meeting with Valerie. A giant, invisible creature attacked. And now Hercure and Cirrus are in police custody, and Valerie fell to her apparent death. Uh, okay. She's still processing. <laughs> so we need to do what we did for you, but now it's going to be me and you doing it for them. There's a little clock over her head. Well, ain't Cirrus a police officer of some sort? She is a police officer, but she was not in a good spot after what happened with Valerie. I don't I don't know if she's in her right mindset. Well, did did y'all actually kill Valerie? No. We, Wait, where, where where did this happen? At the giant mega super mega mart place with the two in the water in the air or the rivers. <laughs> oh, you mean the Super Souls Mart? That's the place. Yeah, we didn't we didn't attack Valerie at all. She was attacked by like I said the giant invisible creature. And then it flew her over the edge of the bridge and then dropped her into the river. Did did anybody else see this? I would assume people would have seen a floating body flying off a bridge. But thinking back on it, I know a lot of people ran away when the fight started. You know, I hadn't considered this as a possibility. It does sound a little fantastical. Now I'm a little bit worried. Niklaus sits down. <laughs> where, where is that? <laughs> just like in the middle of the hallway. Just in the hallway. Yep. yep. Just He's just like rocking thing. a little bit. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. It's fine. Don't I mean, even worry about it. I mean, I'm sure Hercure can talk his way out of it. He's he's very charming and <laughs> definitely. Cirrus is always so clear in her and concise and, and logical in how she explains things. I mean, and together, together, they're gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Audrey looks on with concern, and she says, "Well, you, maybe we could get Alistair to help." That's a great idea. They're going to be fine, but I think that's a great idea. Because he is like a lawyer, right? Yeah, yeah. So he goes he goes with Daldry to, to go chase down Alistair. Yeah. We cut back to Hercure, and Detective Sullivan is still like, Uh... <laughs> Listen, if you just answer the questions, we can let you go. You're not kept here forever, I think. Unless you did something. Then we might keep you here forever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Law and order. Very confused. <laughs> what is your relationship with Detective Wolf? Does Hercure know who Detective Wolf is? It's Valerie. It's Valerie. Okay. She's a friend of a friend. <laughs> it's like actually you can't say that. Are you are you really friends with Cirrus? <laughs> <laughs> we sort of just <laughs> met. <laughs> and was Cirrus ever actually Valerie's friend? We don't know. Maybe maybe it was only one way. <laughs> This interrogation reveals a lot of dark secrets. What are your also, true feelings? I always wondered, is is the zone of truth only to the best knowledge of the person speaking, or is it like a world, like like a person knowledge, personal knowledge, like agnostic zone of truth? Based on the definition of a lie, like if you believe that it is true, I think it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Because it's like, it, you're not, it wouldn't be like a deliberate lie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only actually known about the relationship through Cirrus, who absolutely does believe they're friends, yeah. so. <laughs> True. <laughs> and because you're friends with Cirrus, you trust her and believe her. <laughs> exactly, True. right? Right, 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 right. I guess that's the only logical explanation for why he was allowed to say that. <laughs> this takes, the interrogation takes 25 hours as we adjudicate each and every statement. <laughs> each, each individual word. <laughs> 
Detective Sullivan takes some notes. A single bead of sweat rolls down your face. Meanwhile, we cut back to Cirrus. And once again, this time slightly exasperated, Detective Dawson says, So do you consent? Joey, I guess my question is, does Cirrus- is this a standard interrogation tactic that Cirrus would know about? Yeah, this is all standard operating procedure. Cirrus consents. She puts in another zone of truth. You choose to fail the saving throw. I will fail the saving throw, but but this, you know, this does not look great for consent. Detective Dawson finally looks slightly relieved. Cirrus is heading to enhance interrogation. And she asks, All right, so how about you tell me what happened leading up to the events that happened to the bridge? Detective Valerie Wolf is... was my best friend... And she invited me to meet her for brunch at the Skybridge, the uh, the Super Souls Mart, at the Doggo's Tacos stand. Valerie and I got to speaking. She's involved in she was involved in some sort of scheme to take over Willow Bend Plaza. And before she could tell me more, she was attacked by an invisible monster of some kind. Me and my compatriots fought it off, and it grabbed her, and took her, and dropped her. And I don't understand why you don't have every officer here investigating this and trying to figure out who's behind this. We are investigating it. She looks at you suspiciously. What is this Willow Bend Plaza and what is the relation there? It's a plaza in northern Cantaloon where uh, that's full of residential and business districts. And she has been trying to arrange the purchase of it for some time and sending gangs of gnolls to intimidate the owners i'm currently staying there and it's just been a it's just been a, a real it's just been a real tough time okay why are you staying at this plaza this is way outside of your precinct i'm investigating what happened to my father who was who i believe has been kidnapped and there are there's a group there named ericor that is that has agreed to help me and so i'm staying there until this investigation is resolved and who is the, what is the identity of this half-orc companion that we found you with? Uh, I believe his name is Hirkior. Hirkior? Hirkior. Hirkior. He really likes mushrooms. <laughs> and long walks on the beach. That's Unconfirmed. Is that true? I don't know. <laughs> Unconfirmed. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't actually say that. I don't think he's ever seen a beach. I don't think anybody in this world has seen a beach. Well, we are right on the coast. That is true. See, Nicholas would have said his identity is Rickmar, because that's his false identity that he came up with. <laughs> yeah. Detective Dawson raises an eyebrow, and as she does, we cut back to Hirkir. Detective Sullivan says, Who was the third person on the bridge? Other than me and Valerie and Cirrus? Yeah. So a fourth person. Yes. The person who ran away. Who was he? Another friend of a friend of Valerie. What is his name? Nicklaus. He, he's like, try not to say it. Last name? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know if he has a last name. I don't have a last name. Nicklaus does in fact have a last name. But Hercule doesn't. If he doesn't know it in the moment, does he not know it? <laughs> what a great friend. <laughs> I, I don't know if you, you've listened to this podcast, but we've had kind of a weird relationship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
He's going to be in trouble because he ran away from the police. I mean, there were so many police there, how could he run away from them? <laughs> <laughs> There's a knock on the door in your room here, Kier, and Detective Sullivan gets up and goes outside for a second. A couple of minutes pass and comes back inside and he, he sits down again and he asks, What is your true name? I repeat, what is your true name? He lights another cigarette with the fire inches from your face. Hercure takes cover. Why do you have a fake identification card? So I could visit this part of the city. What happened to your real ID? It was lost long ago. Where did you attempt your fake ID? West Ovaria. Who made it for you? What does this have to do with the incident on the bridge? Do you understand that having a fake ID is against the law? And I am the law. <laughs> I am the due process. <laughs> this guy could be a good third candidate for a party member replacement. <laughs> I'm just imagining the interactions between him and Gobsy. Yeah, you have like a, a fuck him up guy and then another police officer. Do you know that fucking people up is against the law? <laughs> <laughs> and I am the law. Unfortunately, <laughs> Godzi only talks about fucking people up. He has no intention of actually ever doing it. Question still stands. What was the question again? Uh, who made the ID for you? Who made the ID? Or who gave you the ID, I guess? A friend's sister. What is their name? Constance. What is her last name? I don't know. Are you really friends with your friends? <laughs> Are you really friends with your friends? Yes. The two of you look into each other's eyes. And we cut back to Nicklaus. Nicklaus, you and Audrey arrive outside the offices of Ericor. What do you do? Nicklaus knocks. From inside you hear a voice go, Yeah, come on inside. Nicklaus enters. You see Tiger. And he says, Oh, hey guys, what's up? Tiger, I have reason to believe that both Hercure and Cirrus have been caught by the police. I was wondering if uh, Alistair was in. Maybe we could get some help. Yeah, I'll go get him real fast. Thank you. He heads inside. The Law and Order music starts. Bum bum. <laughs> Alistair comes out a minute later and he looks at you, Nick Klaus, and he says, Alright, tell me about it on the way there. <laughs> the way where? Alright, so it all began. So there we were. And then uh, he begins to lay out and all the detail a deposition would require. At one point, Alistair calls a taxi. It is not Gopsy this time, because it can't just be the same taxi driver the entire time. <laughs> There's just one taxi driver in all of uh, Yeah, <laughs> two taxi drivers. It's Gobzini, and he looks strikingly familiar. <laughs> <laughs> the mustache is just actually like a full-on goatee. Nice. They just switch. And then, as he continues the story... Yeah, you yada yada it. Yep. To... Alistair. And he's like, mm hmm. Alistair nods slowly, soaking in all of this information. And he says, Well, the good news is, I probably know where they are. You do? Yes. The Falcons Reach Police has an intake facility in the district. Makes sense. The bad news is, the judge for the district is, how do I put this? Recalcitrant. And for the first time, you see Alistair actually grimace a little bit. Oh, that bad. So what's the, what's the play here? Based on what you told me, we're just going to have to make an argument to have them released. Okay, that sounds great. Let's do that. 
A few minutes later, you arrive outside a very mysterious-looking police facility. So, like the the MIB building at Men in Black. <laughs> Not that mysterious. Okay. Audrey also came along too. So did Tiger. Tiger's actually carrying like a small portfolio of files. Oh, I like it. I like it. Alistair is able to get you guys past the front desk and very rapidly arranges a meeting with this judge. Bum bum. The group enters the courtroom and you see a very diminutive, rather elderly female human sitting in judge's robes behind the bench. As you guys enter, she sees Alistair and she says, Alistair, good to see you, but... If you're here, who's cleaning the shit out of the toilet? Oh, damn! Alistair just coughs. Alistair turns to you guys and he says, uh, Yes, this is... Yes, this is Judge Jody. <laughs> <laughs> the judge continues, Alright, Alistair, what can I do for you today? And Alistair gives his spiel. There's a lot of repartee that I'm not going to act out by myself. Oh. Yeah, I know. Due process. Uh, due process, no evidence. Habeas corpus. Habeas porpus. A lot of personal insults. <laughs> Requiescat in pace. You're dumb. No, you're dumb. No, you're dumb. <laughs> Ergo sum. Cogito. Fun. And we cut back to Cirrus. In the intervening time, Detective Dawson has asked you several questions that you've answered, maybe mostly truthfully. I mean... We're yada yadaing this. Yeah. Cirrus doesn't have a choice. Yep. Detective Dawson asks, uh, she says, All right, Officer Alanis, here's what I think what happened. Detective Valerie Wolf, maybe she's your best friend. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe you get tired of constantly not getting invited to brunch. (laughs) Liking where this is going so far. (laughs) And one day you've just had enough. Just snap. Throw her off this bridge. Sure, she invites you to one brunch. Is it out of pity? Is it because she feels sorry for you? How dare she? And then boop, straight off the bridge. That's that's the sound that, that was there. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows that's what it sounds like. Boop. That sound about right to you? Sears is fed up at this point, and she slams her hand on the table and says, My best friend was murdered in front of my eyes by... Some force that is threatening innocent people in the city and their livelihoods, and all you could do is lie to me and insult her? What are you doing to stop this and to protect these people? Get her. And Cyrus, if she can, she tries to stand up to have like a, uh, to look dominating, basically, to to try to make this person feel small. Mm -hmm. An intimidation check. Yeah, go and roll one of those. She's good at that because she's so big. That is a 23. Yeah, they did not roll that well. You see a single bead of sweat roll down her forehead. And then there's a knock at the door. Detective Dawson gets up and heads outside. Quickly heads outside. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Hirker's room, Detective Sullivan is, is continuing to press you over Constance. And he says, Where can I find this Constance? Why do you not know your friend's last names? Uh... I don't have a last name. Why would I assume anyone else does? Where can I find her? You're the police. That's your job. Tell me, where can I find her? He's starting to get really up in your face about this. 
Like, uh, he's, he's ready to book you for something. And Hercules is not taking that very well, so he's, he's clamming up. What other illegal things have you done? I'm here to answer questions about the murder. Did you murder the detective? No. Dropped by an invisible creature of some sort. Did you hire the invisible creature? No. I... What? Who killed Valerie Wolf? The invisible creature. Where did the invisible creature go? It was invisible. All we could see was Valerie. It dropped her. After that, no idea. He looks at you angrily. I look at him angrily. There's a tense moment of silence. And there's another knock at the door. And Detective Sullivan heads out. Hercure rattles his uh, handcuffs angrily. Sirius and Hercure, from inside each of your respective rooms, you hear some yelling come from the hallway. There's some sort of argument going on. And a couple of minutes later, Detective Dawson comes inside to your room, Sirius, and Detective Sullivan heads into Hercure's room. And both of them, it's split screen, so they both simultaneously lean in close to you and take off your handcuffs. Huh. <laughs> Detective Sullivan appears to be in a huff, and he says, You're free to go. <laughs> Hercules, like, heads out, like, doesn't even say anything, just is booking it out as fast as he can. He's not waiting for them to change their mind. Yeah, Detective Dawson is similarly also like, All right, Officer Lannis, you're free to go, but you should probably check in with your home precinct. They're probably going to be wondering about this. And this is probably going to go on your permanent record. Cirrus doesn't say anything, but she takes like an extra second to stare angrily into Detective Dawson's eyes before leaving. And then she leaves. Meanwhile, we cut back to Nicklaus and Alistair in the courtroom, and finally Judge Jody is like, someone comes in and gives her some papers, and she looks at them, and she's like, she gives a long sigh. <sighs> Alright, Alistair, well, you've wasted enough of my time. It looks like some witnesses have corroborated the stories of your clients, you're free to go get them. And she does like a double take and she's like, well, wait, I, they've actually been released already. Bum bum. Nicholas, uh under his calm mask, he's like, what? And his hand comes up and like, like goes over his mouth, like kind of pondering. Why would they be free already? Did they convince them to let them go? <laughs> Nicholas is like, wait, I know both of these. That technically is a possibility no no that's not what happened <laughs> something weird's going on here as you ponder that nick klaus here you bump into sirius in the hallway and the two of you head towards the exit uh there's there's like at least one police officer escorting you out as the two of you leave the double doors that block off the the innards of this police station you see a familiar half-orc and a very disgruntled-looking halfling looking at you guys, and she's just like, Do you guys even know the meaning of a low profile? You're the halfling. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> All <right. laughs> low blow. Yeah, please. <laughs> you get it? You got it. Uh... Sirius looks at them and is like, or says, thanks, and continues walking out the door. Hercure follows, glaring back at What's-Her-Face. Virginia and Galzar are both just like, the looks on their faces are just like, bro, we just got you out of jail. And then they hurry behind the two of you. Sirius isn't angry at them. She's angry at the system.
everyone, this is Joey, your endlessly adequate dungeon master. Just a friendly reminder that if you're enjoying the podcast, it would really help us out if you leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify, or if you share the podcast with people who you think might also enjoy the show. Join us next week as former enemies work together. <laughs>